0: Um, In fact, I sent him an email saying that was brilliant. I sent the managing partner an email saying that was brilliant. And I sent an email out to my coworkers saying, look what this attorney did. It was brilliant. And I sent it to the carrier. Welcome to The Defense Never Rests with Morgan and Akins, your monthly dose of uncommon sense about all things legal and some that are not.
1: Hi everyone, welcome to this episode of the Defense Never Rests. I am Megan Henry, and I'm joined again by my wonderful co-host Nate Bolander. Hi, Nate.
2: Good afternoon. How you doing?
1: Uh, so I, I'm so happy to have you back on. I, it's like oh. I had you on last week, and now this week I know. it's just I Two in a so, row. Much, so much podcast time with my Nate.
2: <laughs> oh my word! We don't have face to face time anymore, so we got to make up for the podcast world.
1: You know, it's, it's all we get. So yeah. I, I, I say this every week. I'm so excited about today's podcast, but really. Um, Today we have on Morgan Dooley, who she is a claims adjuster and adjuster network adjusters. And I found Morgan on LinkedIn just because she is very vocal about what she likes and doesn't like about what counsel does. Um, and she posts just her, basically her, her gripes on LinkedIn. And I just loved it. Um, so I, I reached out to her and said, you know, please come on. And, you know, just I'm giving her a platform, a video and audio platform to, you know, Give us her insight on tips to outside counsel and things that just drive her crazy.
2: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it because she's very uh, she does not pull punches and is not uh, overly di- diplomatic when she doesn't need to be, and it's great. It's refreshing, I think. So yeah. I'm forward to it.
1: And I, I don't even think we have time enough. I, I think one podcast won't be, even be enough for her, so there might even be a part two. So oh. with that, <laughs> with that, let's bring her in. Good afternoon, Morgan. Thanks for joining us today on the Defense of Arrest. How are you? I am well. Thank you for having me. I am so excited to have you come on because I I started noticing you on LinkedIn a few months ago because you have these awesome and blunt tips for counsel, for adjusters that make me laugh, but also are just like, what are you doing,
0: guys? This is straight, straighten up your act. This is what we need. Um, And that's what it is. And honestly, I'm shocked that anybody looks at them or notices them. Um, because really pretty much they are always very in the moment and it's literally something that a defense attorney has just done. And and I just vent. I'm like, are you kidding me? Why did you do this? And please don't do this. So it's, it's just me and my mouth venting. Um, Same thing for some of the adjuster tips drives me nuts. And because I've always worked remotely, I don't have somebody in the cubicle next to me to be like, I can't believe this person just did this. So I just get on LinkedIn and 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 I just vent. That's what well, it is. It's just me venting.
1: I think it's awesome. And then when I started reading them, I was like, I love this. And we have so many people in claims who listen to this podcast that I think when, when I read them, I was like, you'd be such a great guest to come on because I feel like a lot of our listeners would really either relate to what you have to say, or take value from it too. For some, maybe there's some younger adjusters who tune in or whatever it may be make, take value from some of the pointers that you put out, put out there. So
0: I'm, I'm hoping that there's some defense attorneys <laughs> who take value from it and oh. actually pay attention and think, oh, maybe I should not do
1: this
2: going forward.
1: Yeah. I, I think there might be a few. What do you think? Nate? I, think, I, think, a few I, think I think there guys.
2: are two on this podcast that you're looking at. <laughs> <takes> a,
1: perfect. <laughs> perfect. My, my job is done.
2: Well, we, Mm -hmm.
1: we actually aren't guilty of any of the things that I've seen. Not a single one. But I'll tell my friends. Good (laughs) job. But before we get into like, you know, your, your tips and gripes and headaches, um, I want to talk a little bit about you though, because you've been in claims
0: for how many years? So my, forever. (laughs) Well, I mean, and literally I, when people say, oh, I cut my teeth on a claims desk, I quite literally did that. My family owned a very successful IA firm in the Bay Area in California. They started it when I was three months old in their house, in my, in my parents' master bedroom. That's where they started wow. it. Um, so I, I, I literally cut my teeth on a claims desk sitting at my mom's side as a toddler. Um, I worked my, through high school. I was a secretary at, at their office. You know, I was emptying wastebaskets at seven. Um, so this is my life. I mean, this is, you know, my younger brother. I just got him into the industry. But yeah, I mean, I have over 30 years in, into adjusting. Um, and, and just, hey, here's a, a kudos to my mother, who is my role model. Um, she was the first licensed female adjuster to own her own IA company in the entire state of California. Um, She is, she was the CPCU president, probably four years, secretary several years. She was an instructor for a number of years. My mother paved the way for me and a lot of other women in the claims industry. Um, So, you know, my family, I bleed claims. And after all these years, I still, um, and I think that's why I vent, I'm still so passionate about what I do. And it's still super important to me that, you know, do the right thing, pay what you owe, no more and no less. Mm-hmm. And when I stop feeling those two things that I learned from my mother, I will no longer be an adjuster. Um, yeah. But yes, the, the short answer is I, I've done this forever.
1: And I love that story because it's it's first time I've ever really heard of like a a homegrown business claims business. Like I've, <laughs> we've talked to a lot of people on here, like, oh, their, their parents were insurance or they just had nothing, they just fell into it. But I think that's incredible, like, especially with how you described it. Like they start your, they started the business in your parents' bedroom. That's yeah. That's insane. Yeah. That's it's, insane.
0: It's, it's crazy. And they ended up owning their own office building and having probably 30 or 40 employees. Um, but yeah, they started it off in their master bedroom.
1: That, the, and growing up, like, was there any any doubt in your mind that th- this is what you were going to do? And with that, was it expected this is what you're gonna do or you, you just chose it?
0: So, no, you know, I, have, I have two brothers. But neither one of them were interested in it growing up. Um, I worked as a secretary, like I said, through high school for them. Um, and when I got out of high school, you know, I went to college that didn't go real great the first time, came back home went back to work with my parents. They split, my parents divorced. Um, so they split the company. I went with my father, um, because he needed help for some health issue reasons. Um, and then my father retired and my mother retired shortly after that. And they both said, Hey, do you want the business? And, And I said, Oh, absolutely not. (laughs) <laughs> um, because I well and it wasn't because I didn't enjoy claims it was because I watched them work you know they worked my mother especially worked five to nine she didn't work nine to five she worked five to nine they worked seven days a week um when we went on vacation and this is this is going to age me um my mom would dictate her reports sitting on the beach while we played so I, I and And I watched them struggle through the early years when they, you know, when they were just starting out. So, you know, they didn't have a guaranteed income. They didn't have sick pay. They didn't have vacation pay and they had all these employees. And let's be honest, the claims industry, there's a lot of crazy people in in a lot of high maintenance folks. There just are. Um, So no, I, I I didn't want to do that. So I went off, I think I was 22 And, and for, Five years or so, I guess maybe I kind of went off the rails and and I did some other things because I thought I've always done this. This has always been what I've done. Um, and then I got back into it when I went through a divorce and I needed a a, a, I was still in college, so it was my second go-around, and I needed a a job immediately. And that's where what I went to. I went back to adjusting um and have done it ever since. But no, there was never the expectation. um, I think it gives my parents, my mother um, a lot of pride and satisfaction, certainly that I'm carrying on that tradition. I I still carry her card case that she used 40 years ago. Um, So the, you know, the legacy is it, it it matters to me. Um, And I wanna keep, I wanna carry that legacy on of do the right thing, pay what you owe, no more, no less.
2: Um, so you mentioned you mentioned your mom kind of being a trailblazer in claims for women in california um absolutely did she have any, she have any war stories for you about times you know where she was really yeah. um kind of either persecuted against or not listened to or kind of put down because oh, yeah. Of that?
0: yeah well yeah and, and i have the same stories from when i, I mean i i remember um you know mom, mom will tell you you know it was honey sweetie sugar pie um countless times that that guys you know grabbed her butt um, and just did what I mean in today's time you know today we look back and think well that's grossly inappropriate um, and I don't think 40 years ago that that was as it was still grossly inappropriate but I don't think pe- you know people didn't realize that or there wasn't that expectation um, or that awareness um, but yeah she certainly. Uh, without question, was, was um, I don't even want to see sexually harassed, um, but she was certainly treated differently um, than, than her male counterparts, um, and because both of my parents ran and owned the company, I would see that,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
0: the, the different, because, you know, we would have um, people, claims presidents come in from the different carriers, they would come into the office, and I would see how they would interact with my mother versus how they would interact with my father. Um, and then, you know, mom and I laugh when I went to, when I was, cause when they split, I ran my dad's company for two years. Um, and I went to one of the big IA organizations to their yearly seminar or com- yearly conference. And I think it was in Dallas. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was the same thing. It was sweetie sugar. Oh, you know, you're too pretty to be doing this, you know, and, and had my, you know, my derriere grabbed. Um, yeah, it's, it's gotten better over the decades, um, but I still occasionally will run into that. So we, we have not rooted that out. There is still more work to do, um, but, but as a female who's been in the trenches all these years, it's it's gratifying to see that that it has changed, and we we are seeing women in pos, you know upper positions. I mean, at Network where I work, Network Adjusters, we we have got women all the way up at the top, um, yeah. and they are respected, they are listened to, they are brilliant. Um, so yeah, it's it's gratifying.
1: Yeah, I mean it it's it's such it's a topic that keep we keep talking about because there's still things to talk about. Yeah. There's still more, I mean,
0: there's still more to do obviously. And I think that's across society, right? It's not just the the claims industry, but you know, the claims industry is one of those industries that was notorious for being a good old boys industry. Mm -hmm. And to a certain degree, it still is. So yes, there's still work. And and I'm guessing that, you know, the, the, the attorney, um, the legal industry is probably got the same story.
1: Oh, for sure. Totally. Um, So, you know, I find it interesting that like your perspective though, to decide to not go into your parents' business because the amount that you saw them work and what they missed out on and that um, you you preferred actually to take almost a step back and be not the boss lady, but,
0: right, well, you know, and I don't I mean, I never looked at it as taking a step back, I mean certainly my my parents were able to retire much earlier than I will, um but you know, my mom always says, and i'll I'll try and do this without crying. um, my mom always says, and again, I'm going to age myself, that she always kind of felt the song cat in the cradle mm. um. Because it's a song about, you know, a father who who worked so much that his son didn't have time. He didn't have time for his son. And then that that role switches. Um, So I feel like, you know, they they gave up. I don't ever want anybody to ever think that I didn't have a storied childhood. I did. My family was phenomenal. Um, My parents were always there for me. We took vacations. They went to my soccer games, all of that. But my mom also always had a dictaphone with her. Um, you know, and she would be up at ten o'clock at night with a stack of reports, and, and I just never wanted to do that. I did you know, I wanted to be able to get up at two o'clock in the the afternoon when it's lovely like it is today, and go out to the barn and go ride my horse.
1: Yeah,
0: my mom could not have done that, and and I never wanted to. Um, I never wanted to be responsible for all those people. I did not want that stress of, holy moly, if you know we don't get so much business in, I'm not going to be able to pay Rosemary, the office secretary. I have to be able to pay her. Um, I watched them at tax time and how stressed they were. Um, and i just... And it's just not my personality, um, and frankly, I don't have the tact for it. It's why over the years, when employers have said, "Hey, maybe you want to, you know, we can promote you to supervisor," oh, absolutely not. Um, you know, no, I I don't want to be a supervisor, and I've told all my employers, and and I don't want to be supervised. You know, all I've ever wanted is a claims desk, a phone, and some claims, and leave me alone, and I will, I'll handle my claims. Um. So yeah, I, I you know to me, and I don't think I've ever even thought about it till you said that. But it's a, it absolutely wasn't a step down or a step back. It was just this is where my talents are. This is where my personality fits. Um. And this is what I love. I love handling claims. I really do. And, and if you own the company, if you're a supervisor, you're not handling claims no, that much. You're not. Um. So yeah.
1: Yeah. It's a, it's like similar to like, if you're managing a law firm, you're not no, sure yeah. you're not doing the day by day. No, you're like running a kindergarten.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really, you're, you're, you know, and it's the same thing in claims. I think, you know, for a lot of it, you're running a kindergarten and I don't want to do that.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, I think it speaks a lot to like knowing what you're good at and what you want to do and be like, no, yeah. that's, I'm good. I'm good here. And this is, I'm happy.
0: Yeah, and, absolutely. It's so, not always
2: it's not always the eternal chase of money. We always talk about that, the, the confluence between, you know, making more money and working more hours versus taking time to yourself. And if you choose the former of that every single time you have the chance, it's not going to be good over the long term. Yeah.
0: yeah. And I make really good money. Um, you know, I, I make enough money to be able to do what I want to take care of my family. I laugh every day at work at least once. Um, and, and I enjoy what I do. So yeah, I mean, you know, I've just, I've never been interested in chasing the dollar. Um, I'm just interested in chasing the quality of life. And I feel like the job that I have lets me have that, as corny as that sounds.
1: No, I I don't think that's corny at all. I think it's it's great. And, you know, I think there's a lot to be said about like being happy where you are and realizing Mm -hmm. like this, I, I don't need more from that pot over there. Like my pot is full and yeah. I'm good. I don't need more cake. Let's throw no. in every little phrase. Well, I No, no. come
0: on. I, let, let's be real. I always need more cake. <laughs> always. <Yeah.
1: laughs> so, and you, we had talked about this, I think prior to the podcast starting and you and I talked about on the phone though. I mean, you've been working from home um, for yeah. long before the rest of us all were working oh, absolutely, from home. Yeah. But, you know, I think when, I worked from home more frequently before the more frequently than most of the pandemic, but so I didn't experience this, but did you ever experience like the, the like loss of connection with any colleagues or having that like work camaraderie because you were remote, um, you know, well before the pandemic
0: started? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I, I equate it to sometimes, it's like being a mushroom on a log out, out in the woods. <laughs> Um, I I mean, you know, because one of the things you lose, not only do you lose the camaraderie, um, but you also, you know, you you don't hear the day-to-day scuttlebutt of of what's going on with, you know, your supervisor or, you know, do you hear the latest rumor, you know, where maybe we're getting sold or so-and-so's retired, I mean, or we were bringing in this big book, you know, you don't hear any of that when you work, or at least I don't, when you work remotely, because Prior to all of y'all coming, you know, home and working from home, um, prior to that, they they didn't really, they didn't because it wasn't a big thing. We were a small population, so there wasn't that effort or that emphasis to keep everybody in the loop. I think it, it, it's more so now during the pandemic, right? Because everybody's home, um, and, and certainly, I, I I think the thing I have missed the most. Working from home all these years is when I used to work in an office, and I shared a cubicle wall with my best friend, who still is in that cubicle and is still my best friend. Um, but you, you know, we would bounce things off each other. Um, it's like, hey, you know, I'm not really sure. What do you think? And and so, and you learn a lot in an office because you're hearing your your cubicle mates talk. Um, sometimes you're like, "Hey, I, that's interesting," or "I have this claim." Um, so there's 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 really, and I know some people scoff at it, but it's absolutely true that there is a an educational component that that just happens through osmosis, almost from from being in an office um, and working remotely. I have found I am, in not so much anymore during the pandemic, but for the most part. I am a little hesitant to call my coworkers up because I don't know what they're, they're doing at the moment. And I don't necessarily want to interrupt them. Um, whereas when I was in an office in my cubicle, I could hear if my, you know, my next door neighbor was on the phone or not. And, and so I was like, oh, I can, you know, she's not on the phone. She just hung up. I'm going to pop over my head over the cubicle and say, hey, I've got this. What do you think? Yeah. Um, so it's 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 certainly different. Um, and there are some things that you lose working remotely.
1: Yeah, I feel that. I mean, Nate and I have like that. We when we were in the office, I would always go to his office and either shoot yeah. sh- shoot the breeze or shit or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but now I'll text him and be like, do you have a minute to talk? And uh, usually it'll start with something real something about a case or something like that and then it turns into just catching up just because yeah. we don't have the privilege of being in the exactly. one another
0: yeah you're the, the relationships certainly take more investment to maintain um and they suffer some from from being remote from not being in the same room
2: yeah yep think, yeah things just happen i think like organically in the office there there's tons of times where it's not a problem i'm having in a case but maybe Megan and another colleague are talking about something. And like you said, osmosis, you just hear it from around the corner. You're like, you know what? I have not seen that yet, but that's going to come up in one of my cases, I think. Or I saw that four years ago. Let me chime in and help. And it just kind of happens organically versus these pointed calls, you know, all the time,
0: which, yeah. So you, you lose that because I'm not in your office. I'm, you know, I'm not around the corner, so I'm not hearing those conversations anymore. Right. Yeah. So, now we have, we have to get to the
1: meat, meat of this because I think th- there's so many th- tips I think you can provide to, to us and to anyone listening about um, what you you're, like or you don't like, or you hate from, from counsel or tips for other adjusters. Um, you know, one thing that <clears throat> popped out to me in one of your recent posts uh, on LinkedIn is reporting. And length of reports, and this is something. Oh. Nate and Nate and I talked about actually in a podcast last week about the you know the twenty-eight page
0: report. I had
2: um, a fifty-three
0: page report. <laughs> fifty-three. It, were any bring, problems? Bring that to the
2: beach. beach <laughs> I,
0: I'm sorry. What?
2: I said bring that to the beach. Some beach reading. You yeah. know, just get your sun, uh, well, you get know, your sun so, hat. Open up a little. Yeah. Here, here's the thing. Important.
0: You know, fifty-three pages, and this was not. You know, I handle all sorts of seven eight figure claims and and this this was a low six figure claim not that complex and in all the years that i've done this i have never seen a report that long not once um and and it was it was over 50 pages so i'm like i have to read this it, 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 you know, and like, there is no way that this took that, that, that it needed to be 53 pages long. There just wasn't. And, you know, as, when I got that and I'm thinking, are you kidding me? And, and, you know, my thoughts were when I got done with it is, A, I'm not paying you for the, the amount of time you took to write me 53 pages um, under zero set of circumstances. And, and B, with 53 pages, when I got done, I should have been an expert on that claim. And even though it's my claim, but I I should have known everything I I got done with it. And I I flipped it over to my supervisor. I said, hey, read this and tell me what you think. And she replied back three days later, because it's 53 pages, um, that she still wasn't super sure what was going on. I was like, exactly. You know, at least if you're gonna write 53 pages, I better really have a super, super good idea of what's going on at the end of that. Um, but you know, I got, yeah, I think the one I posted on, I had asked for my attorney to be succinct and to focus on brevity. And I got 20 pages. And, 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 and when I called him, it was obvious, it must've been obvious that I was a little unhappy because he said, well, yeah, I'm sorry there was 20 pages, but I really pared it down. Oh my gosh. You, you, you He pared that down, and, and a lot of those 20 pages was information, it almost verbatim, that he had provided in prior reports. What are you doing, defense counsel? I've already seen this. You've already wrote this to me. Please don't assume I'm an idiot, um, you know, and if you have to refer to, just maybe put in there, please refer to report of 10, 20, 21, where we discussed this. Please don't read or put it back in there umpteen times ad nauseum um, because I don't want to read what I've already read. I, I, you know, and I also don't like when they see, look, I'm already venting.
2: That's good. <laughs> um, <laughs> this is great.
0: It aggravates me when they do a report um, and it's, you know, they, everything new is in blue font so it's the same report from two months ago only now it's even longer and because they've inserted 10 paragraphs in blue font stop it (laughs) you know i i don't i don't need that i don't want it if if you've already reported on it and you know then don't include it again just just report what's new um and yeah so so there i i could vent for for hours
1: it's almost but, like a, a fundamental ahead, misunderstanding, though, of how how your files are updated. Like if, if you had a previous report, that report is going to be in your file yes. and it's going to be in your notes. So yes. there's no need to regurgitate the f- prior information unless something has changed.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, if, if you reported previously on on, um, on on liability and, you know, that you thought liability was doubtful and in between your last report and your ne- your new report if we've taken depositions of a, a witness that we didn't know about and that changes the the liability analysis obviously we should discuss that in in your report and I don't have a problem at that point if you say hey per our you know 9-1-21 report we we had advised that liability was doubtful on the part of the insured because ABC. However, subsequently, we have now taken the deposition of witness John Blow, who says ABC. And so our our opinion on liability or our analysis has changed. Mm -hmm. Brilliant. That's That's the information that I need. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, I just, please stop being so dang redundant. (laughs) Um, You know, I know you guys are busy. I'm busy. I don't have time to read. 50 pages. I don't have time to read and reread what you've sent me three times to- in the last three previous reports. And again, it aggravates me because I know you're billing me for it. Right. And, and, and that, that just ooh, chaps my hide. Don't, you know, don't keep, don't put in fluff. How's that? Stop the fluff.
2: Um, let me ask you this question because Megan and I had this podcast last week where we we hypothesized as to why attorneys do that. So before we tell you our thoughts, why do you think attorneys add fluff, uh, regurgitate facts and, and previous analysis, and write with such um, flowery language? Yeah, you know
0: um, they get paid by the word. I, I don't know. Um, you know somebody I forget where I think I think it's actually it was on one of the my it was i think it was on my linkedin rant about the length of the the report and some somebody pointed out oh well the attorney's write those reports for themselves you know in case uh, you know a new attorney gets put on the case so they they can see what's going on and they'll know and i'm like um no you <laughs> know that report is to me you better be writing that report for me and if the managing attorney on that file you know it isn't up to date then that's not my problem that's a you problem um so i you know i don't know i mean i, I would assume you guys are in a better position to tell me why attorneys write reports like that
2: uh do you want to go or do, i mean we kind of <laughs> we didn't reach a consensus but we had some theories when we talked last week
1: you can go with your theory
2: so the two theories I had, and maybe I'm wrong, and you can tell me if I'm wrong. Obviously, I don't think have a problem doing that. Uh, but the number number one was we like we it's all about covering your butt, right? Add yeah. everything all the time because you don't want to miss anything. That's number one. Number two is because law school exams are you get a point per, at least in most of my law school exams a point to notice the uh, the uh, issue and a point to an, uh, analyze it. So we were taught for years to. This is all the thing. This, I mean, if aliens came down, it's this. If Tyrannosaurus Rex is are or, or unearthed from the dead, it could be that. I mean, we every potential thing that could happen, we try to cover. And number three, I think we're so pompous that we think we have such a, <laughs> seriously, we have such a command of the English language that who wouldn't want to read? 50, I mean, Morgan, you're so lucky to have read 53 pages from an attorney because why wouldn't <laughs> you? Yeah. We? Because we're so, we we have such a, our, our diction is wonderful. And I think they're all bogus of reasons. I'm just saying, I think that when we look internally, look in the mirror, that's probably why we do it. Yeah,
0: I I don't disagree necessarily. You know, I I do want to talk about the, you know, the the CYA aspect of it. You know, we're on the same team, right? Um, you know, I I'm not out here trying to look for opportunities to dig my defense attorneys. I've hired you because you're the expert. I am not an I'm not a defense attorney. So, you know, Maybe get a little more real. I don't need, you know, break it down to again. Do the right thing. I want to pay what I owe, no more and no less. That doesn't change if it's in litigation or not. That's still the end goal for me. Um, you know, we we're here to resolve claims appropriately per coverage. Um, so so just tell me what it is. Don't I don't need to know reams and volumes of, of case law. I don't need to know every possible remote scenario that, that could happen. I need to know what it is and how we're going to navigate it, how we're going to resolve it. Um, that, that's all I need to know. And if I need to know more, trust me, I'm going to pick up a phone and I'm going to call you. And I'm going to say, hey, guess what? I need more. Here's what I need. Um, yeah. so yeah, it's, it's, it's endlessly frustrating, yeah, clearly.
2: And, <laughs> and well, I, sorry and, on behalf of all of us. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, well,
2: go to your room. To
1: follow up on that, that you also had a post and I, I appreciated this, that you, you, you gave praise to one of your council for providing uh, a yeah, report. Kat. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love, and, and what you had said is and I think I brought this up on our other podcast the other week too because I thought it was great that you he put up right up front yes these are the two things I need or need two key points and then I don't know what followed in the report but was like up front you could be like okay yeah I mean and and that was
0: and and I've never seen an attorney do that in in all these years And, and I was like this is brilliant because right up at the very top, it, you know, it was one and two. And I think one was, I think it was a demand was made and, and they needed authority for something. And it wasn't an overly long report. It might've been, you know, five, six, seven pages, but, but it immediately, it, you know, ding, ding in the brain. It's, hey, Morgan, be sure you pay attention to these two things when they come up in this report. Um, okay. So yeah, that, that was phenomenal. And yeah you know and if if you want to write me i mean if it's legit 15 pages because there's been a whole lot going on okay i mean i'm not saying it's not ever legit so if it is legitimately that at least do me the courtesy and, and make my job easier and and do a one or two page here's an executive you know recap or a, a, a you know a re, the the claims for dummies recap of here's the first two paragraphs just dumb it down and here's where we are, here, here's where we're going, here's what I need from you. And, and then in the rest of your pages, go through it all. And, and then when you get to the end of the report, maybe remind me again, you know, so per the above, you know, here, here are the things that, that I need from you. Um, but yeah, the, the bullet points that he put up, up at the very top, it was opposite, it was above the Ray caption, Mm -hmm. In in bold, and again, I I just thought that was the most brilliant thing I've ever seen in my life. Um, In fact, I sent him an email saying that was brilliant. I sent the managing partner an email saying that was brilliant. And I sent an email out to my coworker saying, look what this attorney did. It was brilliant. And I sent it to the carrier. Um, So yeah, I will say as much as I vent or rant. I'm also, and I think more adjusters and, and more people in general need to do it. I also try to be very good about putting out praise and doing it in writing and and pointing out when, hey, you did this and it really made my life easier. Thank you.
1: And everyone loves to get well feedback, but positive feedback is also encouraged yeah, well, like or
0: much appreciated <laughs> well and here's the yeah here's the thing with that so we you know we all are, are pretty quick to put negative feedback in writing and run it you know and send it to somebody's supervisor and i think most people are good about giving positive feedback but we rarely do it in writing and and if i call you up and say hey jim megan that was great thank you so much you did a super good job it it, it makes you feel good warm and fuzzy it's awesome but it doesn't do you any good when it comes down to, you know, raise time or performance reviews because you, you can't, you, you know, you can't just call your boss and say, well, yeah, but you know, Morgan said I'm awesome. Um, But if I put it in writing and I include your boss, then it's in your personnel file.
1: Yeah. I will say on that point, I remember being a, a younger attorney and the partner I worked for once I did something good. And she wrote to HR and copied me and was like, you know, I want to say, Megan did a great job on this case, blah, 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 and put this praise and was like, please put it in her personal file. And I was like, oh, that's so nice. And then I was like, what has she written? That's negative that I was not copied on. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and it just makes you think a little bit like, because it didn't yeah. occur to me that they were even doing that. And I was like, mm-hmm. right.
0: That anybody's tracking that. Yeah. <laughs> and I hate to break it to you. They're tracking that. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so one thing about reports I wanted to bring up quickly too is tone um and how if you ever get off put by tone that's in reports because I feel like sometimes maybe attorneys could talk down to adjusters like their tone could be I'm no more than you and have that you know kind of feeling to it I don't know if that's ever off-putting to you or if you find it or or it's not
0: yeah first well I have a really thick skin um I've got a again, I've got a mouth that I'm not afraid to use. Um, and I don't have that happen to me often. And when I do, I, I immediately shut that down. Um, you know, I, I just won't tolerate that. I don't do that to other people. I'm I'm not going to tolerate somebody doing that to me. Um, and I think occasionally, I mean, you know, we all know, Tone doesn't, body language, right? Body language is, what do they say? 90% or some ridiculous amount of communication. There is no body language in a report um, or an email. So I've learned over the years that I, instead of just immediately going for, for my big guns, when, when I feel like somebody's got that tone that, that I don't appreciate, I might flip them an email. Sometimes I'll call them and just say, hey, you know, I'm not, I'm not real sure what you're trying to say here. Or, or how you're saying it. And, you know, I mean, I, I think one time I had an attorney who was really, really clipped in all of his responses and all of his reports. I mean, I could barely ever get four words out of him in an email. I would, I would email him something and, you know, hey, what do you think, da, da, da. No, <laughs> you know, and, and finally I got so frustrated and so fed up with it, um, I called him and I said, look, Gee, if you don't want to handle this claim for me, because that's what it feels like. I'm super happy to give it to somebody else. And, and so, and he's like, oh no, 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 no. You know, and so we had a conversation. Um, and 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 it turns out he's just, you know, he's tact to turn in his writing, and and that's okay. Um, but if I hadn't picked up the phone, I would not have known that. Um, and I think, it, you know, and me included, I think we all need to pick up a phone yes. more often than we do when, when we get a report or an email that isn't what we thought it was, you know, or, or, or a report that we think in the tone is wrong or something, you know, we, we tend to escalate or, or internalize when we don't have to, if we would just pick up a phone. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I did that yesterday with the client, we, um, with an attorney who I was pretty aggravated with Um, because I I kept not getting what I felt like I was very clearly asking for. Um, So we ended up talking to one of the management partners about maybe moving him off. Mm -hmm. And in the interim, she had talked with him. And so we were able to determine, no, this is really just was a big miscommunication. And not, you know, with the attorney not understanding what I was looking for, so he's frustrated on his end because he's like, well, I gave her what she asked for. And, and I'm frustrated, I was frustrated on my end. So I'm like, I don't know how to be any more clear than I have been. Um, and, and and so it, it was a good lesson in, you know, okay, pick up a phone, have a phone call. Um, but yeah, and I will say there's, there's one and that'll be a tip this week is, it, and it was all about settlement value.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, you know, it's so important to that you and I are, are speaking the same language. And sometimes apparently we're not. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I say, you know, I need to know what settlement, but this is a case where we feel like we have no liability, it's a complete shakedown, extortion. Um, to the two, you know, they're looking for millions, I think 14 million. We have we have no liability, right? And we're like, no. And so we we're getting ready for court-ordered mediation. And I I'd asked my attorneys hey, I need verdict values um, and, and I want your settlement recommendations. And so I was getting these verdict values that, that were not on point at all. And, and I will admit this is a super weird case and there may not be, a, you know, verdict values that are on case or on point. So no, tip for your defense attorneys, if there are none, please tell me that. Don't don't just send me some that are kind of that way, and, and you don't say and, or admit they're not on point because I'm going to read it and be like and say to myself, okay, defense attorney, you're an idiot because these aren't on point. Um, but the bigger problem was he, so he was sending his settlement recommendation, and, and what I was looking for is for him to say. Okay, we we clearly have no liability, and I wouldn't recommend more than five or ten thousand dollars nuisance value. What he thought I was looking for apparently was what does he think what what he thought plaintiff is going to want to settle, and 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 we're you know I'm sitting in this position over here. I'm like we're going to trial. It's going to be really costly, but we're going to spend three hundred thousand dollars defending this. Versus give plaintiff $300,000 dollars to go away. Um, so it, it was just, and it was surprising to me to have this conversation. Um, but it was just this reminder that that sometimes we, we need to make sure that we understand what exactly is it that you're looking for. Um, so you know, my, my tip for a defense attorney is when when I ask when an adjuster asks you that, maybe ask a few more questions to make sure that that you're you're on the same page and and for adjusters is you know and I will going forward I will now ask my attorneys hey what's your thoughts on liability what do you think the plaintiff is looking for or will settle for and what would you recommend we offer if you know, if we're willing to defend this, um, you know, and so I'm gonna have to to make that more clear um, on, on my end, so I get the good data in so I can get a good decision out, right? Um, so yeah, it's just speak the same language. And, and apparently sometimes we're still not.
1: And, and as you said, like, you know, it's okay to ask questions. It's, I think you, I, I I think you'd probably prefer your counsel be like, wait, Morgan, what are you, are you looking for this or this? Just let me know. So I get you the right information for you. So you can evaluate this on your end. Yeah.
0: Without question. Um, I think
1: sometimes attorneys are too concerned if they, they come back with a question, it's going to seem like well, we're unsure of ourselves. We don't know. We, we can't read your mind, you know, so therefore you're not going to like us. You know, I think there's that like hesitation to ask a question that you might uh, the adjuster might somehow think we're, you know, not adequate to handle this. Yeah, right
0: yeah. yeah. I mean, and I think it goes back to, again, you know, I look at this, I, I've hired you because you, you have an expertise that I don't. Um, I certainly have an expertise that you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I need to know what it is. And if you're not sure what I'm looking for, what I'm asking, it's not going to hurt my feelings or, or upset me or make me think you're an idiot if you say, hey, I need a little bit of clarification. Um, and honestly, that, that's how we develop a relationship, right, and a rapport. And the attorneys that, that I've worked with for years they they know me now because we've had those conversations. They've asked me those questions. I've told them my vents. I've told them this works for me. This doesn't work for me. But if you know if you just want to be a one off attorney and and not continue to get my business and not continue to work with me, then yeah, sit there and don't ask questions and don't worry about it. <laughs> but but if we want to develop a relationship where we're going to continue to work together. It behooves both of us and our respective employers to to ask those questions, right? To to because we don't all work the same, um, we don't all think the same. So you're not going to know that. Hey, Morgan keeps a thirty day diary on every single one of her claims. It it, it the, mo- honestly most of them are a two week diary. But I reach out to my defense counsel every thirty days like clockwork. And and, hey, what's the current status? What's going on? The attorneys that I've worked with for years, they just keep my stuff on a 29 day diary because they know I'm going to be hitting them up. So they just and, and they just send a quick email. Hey, Morgan, here's what's going on. And they can do that because they've asked the questions at the beginning of the relationship where it's, hey, and I and I now I didn't used to, but now I let all my attorneys know you're going to hear from me every 30 days. I want to know what's going on every 30 days. Yeah. And the good attorneys will say to me, okay, do you want a full report? Or can we just send you an email if there's not much going on? And send me it. Yeah, obviously, if there's not a lot going on, I don't need a report. I don't need 53 pages of crap that you've already <laughs> sent me. Um, yeah, just send me an email. Um, so yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's just, it's, it's conversations. It's developing that relationship. I'm well, no, I'm not going to say I'll never think you're an idiot. If if you call me up and, and you say, Morgan, I'm not really sure what what a, a motion to dismiss is, then I'm going to say clearly I have the wrong defense counsel, yeah. um, right? But but for the most part, there is no stupid question. There is nothing that I'm going to think you're incompetent about. Um, if you ask me something you've asked me 12 times already, I'm going to th- I'm, I might think you're a little incompetent. Yeah. Um, but again, for the most part, ask, um, you know, I don't bite and I don't think most adjusters bite at least not immediately. <laughs> Give them time. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah.
2: that relationship is that relationship is so important because every company has reporting requirements that you have, you know, so I, I, I we have, we do what's called litigation evaluation report or a lit plan. We call it within yeah, 45 absolutely. days and yep. we have a form we use and i've we've had some new clients and i i send that and they say well actually we prefer this form you know these are the subsets we like and everything but once you get past that if you ask questions and you and you keep an open line of communication it's so great to have a nice relationship with with claims folks because it's you know and i'm on i'm at the point now i'm sure Megan is too where i call sometimes and say hey can i have authority to take this step here's why i want it here's what came to light we just got these records i want to move forward ps I know your father was in the hospital. How's he doing? And then they can say, yeah. I hear you're, and, and that's a wonderful thing. And it's not marketing. Absolutely. It's not, uh, it's not disingenuous. It's purely, I've, I've been on the phone with you for 60 hours now in my life over five yeah. years. Like I, we're friends now and we see. Yeah. Well, can, you know? yeah.
0: You know, I mean, when, when the pandemic first hit and you know, I'm in Arkansas um, little Northwest Arkansas, I do it. I'd say 70 to 80% of my claims are along the Eastern seaboard um, down around, you know, Florida, up all along the coast, they got hit quicker and first with with COVID and all the shortages. And I was reaching out to my defense attorneys, saying, "Hey, how are you doing? What's going on?" And and they're like, "Man, you know, we can't get toilet paper. We can't get paper towels. There is no hand sanitizer to be found. We still had it here, and and, and quite a bit." So I was going all over town. I, I was shipping. Literally, I shipped toilet paper, paper towels, hand sanitizer, Lysol to probably six different attorneys at six different firms. Oh, that's um, a beautiful thing. Well, awesome. but, but because they're my friends, yeah. you know, because we have this relationship and, and, and like what Nate said, it, you know, we've developed it over years and we've spent so much time on the phone um, that, that you develop a relationship and that is never anything but good For my employer and my clients, it that 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 gets them a better product, I feel like when when you have that personal relationship with somebody. Mm -hmm. Um, you you just get better work out of people.
1: Yeah, I I agree too, because it's also like it's a level of comfort too, because you understand Mm -hmm. what they want, you know exactly how to give it to them. Like it, you're not it's you're easy, it's easier for you to deliver when. You feel yeah. at well ease you, you don't either. feel that
0: pressure of having to impress somebody. I mean, it's not, oh, this is Morgan Dooley, senior claims adjuster over at you know, network, and I better, <laughs> you know, I don't want to piss her off. I mean, it, it's it's Paul in, in Boston, you know, who I've known for years and years and years and dearly love. Um, and he is a personal friend now. Paul just you know, he'll pick up, the, oh my god, Morgan, you can't believe what's going on, and here's what we need to do. And you know, there's there's no fluff. He doesn't have to impress me. Um, I don't have to impress him, so so we can have very frank conversations about what's going on, what needs to happen. He knows half the time what I'm going to say before I even say it because he knows, you know, my my claim process thoughts. I know his thoughts, so yeah, it's just it makes life so 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 much easier. Um, and I think, you know, honestly, I think anymore now, I when I have new defense attorneys because I'm working a new book of business um, in some other states I haven't worked in recently. So whenever I now, if I get a new attorney, I have a 15 minute conversation straight out the bat. So look, everything I have on on, on my file, all of my files, 95% of them are diaried every two weeks. Here's how I handle my diary. If you send me an email, I will scan it quickly. If it's not urgent, I'm going to drop it in the file. I won't look at it again until it's up on diary. So you need to know if it is something that that you're like, holy moly, Morgan, market high priority, because I'll immediately know that's you saying, holy moly, Morgan. Um, I tell them I'm going to reach out to you every 30 days, possibly if it's a lot going on, it'll be sooner, but at a minimum every 30 days. So you would be smart to set your diary for 29 days and send me something. Um, I let them know. Excuse me. I don't like to be ignored. If I send you an email and if I send an email, I tell them I diary that file out two weeks waiting for a response from you, unless it's something crazy urgent. If two weeks go by and my diary pops back up and I don't have a response from you, I'm a little annoyed. Yeah. And, and so I, then I send you another email and I diary it for one week. And And God help you. If a week from now goes by, and I get back in that file and I don't have a response for you, because at that point I'm pretty hot and, and I tell them I get it you know if you you're in trial you've got depots your cat died your mother's in the hospital I get it life happens send me an email Morgan cat's in the hospital you know and the dog died. and, and I will say cool okay so I'm gonna diary that you know unless it's something crazy that I really need a response to But at least then I know and and I can document my file. I can keep my supervisor off my rear end and and I can keep auditors off both of our rear ends. But if you don't tell me, I don't know. Um, So I tell them that. I tell them, you know, I tell them in in this introductory, you know, call it, in introductory call. Before we even get to the case, here are my pet peeves. don't send me emails without my claim number in it. You know, uh, if you, you know, all of my stuff is with one carrier and they have very specific guidelines as they all do. And one of them is don't submit your billing except every, through every once every quarter or when it's over a set amount of dollars. So I tell them, I pay attention to that. Don't, you know, follow that rule. Because if you don't, it's going to irritate me. Um, I, you know, I tell them, I, I, most of them now I tell them the horror story of the 53 page report. Yeah Don't send me 53 page report. I definitely tell them now. If, and I didn't used to, cause I didn't think I had to, but apparently I do. If you're going to recommend that I, I, I offer $50,000 or more, you better pick up a phone first and call me before you put that in right. Um, so it's, it's, you know, and it's these things that, that aggravate me. I mean, obviously I know what my pet peeves are. Everybody's pet peeves are different. Um, and I think I learned part of that lesson when I, same client years ago, when I first started working for them, I came in on the book with a different employer than who I'm with now. Um, and the client was pretty unhappy with what was going on on their claims, so I just called him. I mean, he's way up the food chain. I just called him. I said, "Hey, you know, Joe Blow, what what are the three biggest pet peeves you have on this right now that would make your life easier?" And he fired them off: mm-hmm. one, two, three. And those became my bible. Um, and I still make sure one, two, three. It. I don't report to him anymore. He's not over what I do, but but I still make sure that we always are doing the you know, or we're not doing those one, two, three pet peeves. Um, so, you know, m- maybe the takeaway is adjusters, you know, let them know what your pet peeves are. What, what are your top three, five things that are gonna make your life easier? And the flip of that, ask your defense attorney, what are the three or five things I can do to make your life easier? Um, because again, if, you know, if, if I'm making your life easier and you're making my life easier, the claim is going easier and we get a better resolution sooner for our respective client.
1: And, and it's also just understanding each other's own like the diary system is a perfect example. Like if I'm working for you and I know like Morgan is not going to see this for two weeks mm-hmm. and I know how to get your attention. That's a lot better than me being like, why isn't she responding to me? I really exactly. need to know if we have authority to go forward with those depths or retain that yep. expert. Like, my God, why isn't she like, it's, if you know each other's systems and yeah, you know how each other work, it's going to go a lot smoother. Yep.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and you won't be as frustrated. I won't be as frustrated. And and frankly, anytime I can, you know, ratchet down my frustration level, my husband is a happy man. <laughs> um, yeah, it's
2: an excellent. That's an excellent, excellent plan. Because I think, especially when you work for a new adjuster or as an adjuster, when you work with a new attorney, you do all this stuff over email. It's all kind of this this diplomatic language, right? It's all like ambiguous mm-hmm. language. If you pick up the phone and say, I don't like this, I do like this, it would solve so many problems. It's like setting yeah. ground rules at the beginning of a of any relationship, right? Like this is why I like you exactly. don't like, I like it. That's invaluable. Yeah, that's absolutely invaluable. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, and yeah, I just, you know, and, and frankly, I've done this so long and I'm so busy now and I'm so old and set in my ways. I'm just, I, I just don't have time to, you know, to, to mess with that. And I'm just like, look, I can put 10 or 15 minutes in on the front end and have this phone call and life is so much easier. So, yeah, I just, you know, I don't have the tact or the diplomacy anymore to try and, you know, dance around it and and not just, you know, it is what it is. And I'm just going to tell you, you know, and, and, and honestly, you know, I may not be everybody's cup of tea. Um, you know, as far as defense attorneys go, there, there are some defense attorneys personality wise, I just don't mesh with, um, and, and that's okay too. And, and maybe sometimes in having that conversation, um, you know, we, we learn that, uh, okay, this, this might not be a great relationship, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe we need to have a different relationship or, you know, I, I assume there are, well, I know there are, um, I have defense firms, my Florida firm, they're huge. And there are attorneys there that I don't get along. Their personality doesn't fit mine. And I have actually called the managing partner there and and said, hey, Dan, not a fan. I'm, you know, I, we're not, we're not gelling. They're not, it's not, they're doing anything wrong, but I, I need somebody else. Um, and because Dan and I have the relationship that we do now, I don't run into that problem very, very, very rarely on, on stuff I assign to his firm because he knows my personality, he knows how I approach claims, um, and, and he knows frankly, you know, everybody that knows me, we all know I'm a pit bull. Um so don't put me with a poodle. <laughs> right, you know, and and I mean, but but really though, that just makes sense if you if again if you develop that relationship and and you start right out the ga- gate telling them, look, I'm a pit bull. I mean, it's one of the things I tell new defense attorneys. I'm super aggressive in how I approach my claims. Um, I, I tell them, you know, pay what you owe, no more, no less. I'm I'm super aggressive. I hate open files that sit around for thousands of years. Um, I also don't appreciate it when you don't have a game plan. You know, if we're, I'm not a believer in litigating to litigate. There there has to be an exit strategy. Um, and, and I also, I let them know, I'm still driving the bus. Yes, you're the defense attorney, it's my claim. I'm still in charge. Um, and I tell them that because I also know that there are adjusters it goes into litigation. Great. Here you go. Defense attorney. Let me know when to write the check. Right. And, and I'm not saying that's, well, I'm saying that's bad because um, it is. <laughs> but I know there are just, but that's just not me. I, I don't do that. I am still, I'm driving the bus. I'm going to be really active. I'm going to get in your face if I think I need to get in your face. Um, so yeah, it's just have the conversation at, at the very get go you know, save everybody, aggravation, time, frustration, just have that conversation.
1: I think that's a great point because there are some, like you said, there's some adjusters who, you know, they're like, fine, like counsel, you, it's your, we pay you to be our attorney and tell us what mm-hmm. to do. And that's your job. And then there's others who feel how you do. And I, I think it's more the majority that feel how, how you do that. Like, look, I'm still I'm driving the bus. So. This is, and also that this is a joint process though. Like we need to work together, but I do have the ultimate say, but I also want, but I also want you to not be wishy-washy. I want you to make- No,
0: yeah, no. You know, and I think that's probably um, one of every adjuster who handles litigation. I think that's probably a a very, very common pet peeve is when you're super bullish about liability until you get to the courthouse steps. (laughs) And and then, and, and, and I'm like, no, we're, we're, you know, no, we're, we're not doing this. Um, so yeah, that's, that's super, super frustrating.
1: So we're about out of time and I'm up, I'm upset because I have so many things other things I want to talk to you about so we might need to have you on again I'm
0: sorry (laughs) no
1: no I'm I'm upset just because I have all these like things I wanted to pick your brain on so I think we need to have a part two um if you're willing but I don't want to close without you know after having all your years of experience in managing outside council do you have any advice for that that younger new newly minted adjuster at how they can feel confident and really like get, pull their counsel in and have, have the reins in their control.
0: Oof. Um, that's a tough one, Megan. <laughs> I end um, with a tough one. <laughs> yeah, that's a tough one. Yeah. I, I think I would probably start with one of the things that I think has served me well in my career is never be afraid to ask a question you know, if, if you don't know, you don't know. And, and you're, you're, you're not just going to magically know. And it's okay to be new. You know, we all started out, right? So, I mean, I started out not knowing anything. Um, I, I, I think I would recommend finding a mentor. Um, and I guess I would just start with, you know, if, if, if I was brand new, having a conversation with a defense attorney I think I would just tell them, look, you know, I'm, I'm new to this because they're going to know, right? I mean, you can't fake that. They're, they're going to know you're, you're new. I mean, I know when I get a new associate, they're going to know that. So just admit it straight off and, and just tell them, I'm new to this, but I need you to know I'm still going to be driving the bus, and I'm going to need you to, you know, you're going to have to help me some, um, but but I want to make sure that we get off on the right foot, that I'm still driving the bus because this claim is in my name, which means the ultimate responsibility for it rests with me. Um, and, and so I think I would just, yeah, I guess I would just have that conversation um, with, with defense counsel and, and not try to to BS your way through it because they're gonna see through that. They're not gonna respect you for that. Um, And and I think, I I like to think my attorneys respect me because I am forthright with them and and I'm honest with them. And and I'm not afraid to question them. Um, I'm not afraid to disagree with them. And and I'm not afraid to ask them for help or, or ask them questions. So I, I guess that that would be my advice.
1: Yeah, I think that's fantastic advice. It, you know, and I think it's like the same thing with being a young attorney. Like if you're a young associate, it's, you know, I, I think when you have a new relationship with the adjuster, I think it's okay to be like, you know, admit that you not don't know everything, but not act like you do.
0: I think you know? it's okay to admit you don't know everything. I mean, I know a lot and my friends and family will tell you, what Morgan, you know, she really pretty is pretty sure she knows everything, but, <laughs> but I don't, um, you know, I don't know everything. So I don't mind if somebody, I don't ever think less of somebody if they say, hey, I, I don't understand this, I don't know this, I haven't run into this before. Frankly, I respect that because it does take a bit of, of gumption or, or something to be able to say to somebody, I don't know this. I'm I'm not sure. I need some help.
1: Well, and um, that's what I, I think is the caveat. Like if you're going to admit, you have to be like, but I'm going to work it out and figure it out. I'm going to yeah. put in the work and the time
0: to absolutely figure it out. not just say, yeah. like, Oh, I don't I mean, know this. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that that yeah, that that's obnoxious. And that, yeah, that that's not good. But yeah, it, it's okay. Um, you know, to not know. And, and again, part of that goes to. I've hired you because I don't know everything, right? There, there are there. Are, I'm not an attorney, so I don't know. Um, there's there's lots of things I don't know. Um, so yeah, it's it's okay to ask.
1: Yeah. Well, Morgan, thank you so much for coming on. I I, I cannot say how much I appreciated all all your insight and input. No, and, I, I and appreciate I, you asking. It was fun. And I do sincerely. I sincerely hope that you can come on and do a part two because I have things about experts and costs and oh, evaluation. Yes. I have so much yes. stuff on my on my yes. notes here because so. because
0: <laughs> we have to tell the story. We oh yeah, we do have to do a part two because I have to have the story about the the time my my defense attorney um, recommended an expert, to, and I don't. I think I, that's one of my tips.
1: Yeah, don't it give it on, away.
0: Cause I yeah, have I won't whole... give it away, but yeah, there's, yeah, we have to do the part two. Yeah.
1: So foreshadowing. Guys yes, foreshadowing. It's always good. I, I, like, I have some questions about experts. It's like a, about the, the number of experts recommended. The necess- and, and I have experts. some
0: more stories. <laughs> <about> <laughs> <experts. It's>, what <laughs> a trailer.
2: This is like a trailer for part <laughs> two of a movie. You know, it's like Stay a- Stay tuned. You know, exactly. Yeah.
1: We <laughs> lost everyone tuned. on a cliffhanger. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs>